On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we head to the birthplace of New Zealand tourism to bask in the geothermal glories of Rotorua. We dive into the dining scene, particularly along Eat Street. We check out some of the city's latest enticements from the lakefront boardwalk to New Zealand's latest great ride. Welcome to Rotorua. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley, good to be with you. Always good to be with you, Michael. Now, spring is dawning and it is such an uplifting season. Oh, I feel like a frisky spring lamb with you, Andrew. <laughs> All those green shoots and bursting buds and ba 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 Bar Bar Lambs, and it's such a great time amongst all of that spring splendour to enjoy a road trip in New Zealand. So let's get road tripping around Rotorua. As we mentioned, uh, the region is the birthplace of New Zealand tourism. In fact, Rotorua's full name is Te Rotorua Nui a Kahumata Momoi. Which means the large lake of. Yes, the large lake of Kahumata Momoi discovered second, because Lake Rotoiti was discovered first. Which is next door. Exactly, but it's just been shortened to Rotorua. And of course, we can't think of Rotorua without thinking of the pink and white terraces. So true. And if you do like your history, a great place to visit is the staging post for those terrace tours in Te Wairoa, which of course today is known as the Buried Village. Yes, and it was from here that all those moneyed Europeans who uh, set off to see the terraces pre-eruption gave birth to our tourist trait. Te Wairoa is like our own mini version of Pompeii because this was once a thriving village and it's now buried in layers of ash and mud. I went there recently and it's incredible to see what has been salvaged. Uh, There are all sorts of skeletal remains of the buildings that have been excavated and this has been like an ongoing labour of love for the Smith family for about 90 years so far. So yeah, the sense of history and tragedy and new beginnings is really powerful at the Buried Village. Yeah, well Rotorua was actually first settled by Māori in the 14th century, so there's a whole bunch of history there. That's true, actually. If you go east of Rotorua to Makatu in Bay of Plenty, there's actually a marker down by the water, which from recollection says the Tiarawa Waka arrived at Makatu in 1360, and Te Arawa, of course, is the main tribe for that region. Absolutely. Now, it was Reg and V. Smith who bought the land eventually in a little cottage on the site in 1931 and began the task of excavating, along with V running the tea rooms, of course, because it was back in those days where the women ran the tea rooms. And is the Smith family still engaged with this? I believe they are. They are, Yeah. yeah. It's just gone from one generation to the next. I walked around the grounds with a chap called Dave McGarth. He is part of the fourth generation of the Smiths, and he pointed out so many family anecdotes at the Buried Village, like all the trees that they planted yonkies ago. Um, yonkies, that's like a, a geological term, it isn't is, it? It is, absolutely. Know. So I think it means about 78 years ago. Um, <laughs> there's still so much that can be excavated at the Buried Village. It's amazing, though, seeing those walls of mud and ash all piled up around the site. One of my favourite highlights is you can see the remains of the Rotomahana Hotel, which is where many of those early Victorian travellers stayed. Uh, It was one of our oldest hotels, and it just collapsed 
under the sheer weight of all of that mud and ash raining down on the pub. And so, did a, so did a few things around there. Yeah. So what are the standouts from the museum? Yes, they've um, spent quite a lot of money in recent years uh, reimagining the museum, and it really captures the personalities at the height of the Pink and White Terrace's tourist trade, including the local village priest, Tahutor, and also the principal guide, Sophia. Just before the eruption in 1886, Sophia was out on the lake with the tour group, and they all claimed that they saw a phantom canoe full of warriors on the water. And the local village priest, when he heard about this, Tahutor, he was adamant that what they saw was actually a sign of disaster being imminent. What did Sophia and her tour party really see? Because a lot of them saw it. We're talking dozens of tourists getting a bonus extra as part of their tour. Was it an apparition? Were they simply hallucinating on volcanic gases? That's one theory. Uh And the most amazing theory of all? Yes. Perhaps what they saw was a dislodged burial waka floating on the lake, complete with the bodies, because back in those days, that is how a lot of Maori were being buried, upright on a waka in the lake. Okay, so this kind of takes me back to our last podcast too, when the rainbow serpent was seen in the river and it was an impending doom. I mean, you know, let's mm. let's not go too far past these spiritual signals. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing which is interesting is that Tohotor, the local village priest, who reckoned this was a sign of doom was coming. Well, he was right. Yeah. yeah. He was actually buried alive by all of the ash and mud yeah. from the doom, yeah, <laughs> from yeah, the Tarawera yeah. eruption. Remarkably, though, he survived. Uh, he was dug out four days later. They should have called him Doug. <laughs> yeah. So how does the one angle volcanic valley fit into the eruption story with this? Well, this is where it's all so vibrant and alive uh, for the tourists today because absolutely central to the legacy of the eruption, because as that mountain split in two, yeah. it unzipped the Earth's surface, right? Yes. For about 17K, a 17 kilometre long zip. Yeah, And this rift has created what we can see at Waimangu Volcanic Valley today, which includes the largest hot spring in the world, Frying Pan Lake, yeah. and that incredible Azure Jewel Inferno Crater, which I reckon looks like a big open window or eye on the Earth's molten core. If you fell into that crater lake, Inferno Crater, you would be dead in about six seconds. Absolutely. This is also, as we must remember, on the Ring of Fire fault, which runs on to the San Andreas, which is the whole big San Francisco earthquake. We're right on that tectonic plate light. So in a a geothermal sense, it's about as hot and steamy as the Oval Office windows when Monica Lewinsky was an intern. (laughs) This is true. Uh, The cool thing about the Waimangu Volcanic Valley is it is considered the youngest volcanic valley in the world because it really just sprang to life when Tarawera erupted. So did you take a cruise over the site of the terraces? Yeah, definitely. This is a must when you are at Waimangu, so you can walk around all of those amazing crater lakes and so forth, Uh, but then you can head to Lake Rotomahana, which edges onto the volcanic valley, and it's in that lake, Rotomahana, where the pink and whites were located. Mm. Now, how much of them remains underwater? And this has been a big debate over the last 12 years. Huge, huge open question. It's quite the novelty, though, to be cruising over 
the exact original location of those terraces. And a decade ago, some small remnants of both the pink and the whites were discovered 60 metres below the water surface where you cruise, Yeah, um, yeah. which is kind of cool. I reckon they should put a submarine down there with tourists. and That would be a good idea. Wouldn't it? I love it. The other really cool thing about the cruise on the lake is Fumarole Bay. I do like a good Fumarole. You can't beat a good <laughs> Fumarole. Don't we just. And Fumarole Bay has all of these intense steam vents just billowing like Victorian factory chimneys <laughs> on the side of the lake. It looks Dickensian, the side of it. It's so cool. Yeah, well, let's not forget, too, that the pink and white terraces were uh, almost officially called the eighth wonder of the world yeah. when they were when they were yeah. not buried. Mm. All right, coming up soon, we're going to check out the lakefront in Rotorua. Stay with us. You're back with Kiwi Tripsters as we get all hot and steamy in Rotorua. And there's plenty of free ways to soak up the geothermal atmos, right? Oh, yes. Mm. All of that bubbling mud and hissing steam is a surefire way to warm up the coldest of winter cockles if you're still struggling to get into spring. Mm. Um, but there are so many geothermal spectacles around the city, which I reckon look like a dreamscape, particularly if you get up early. Here's a really good reason to set the alarm early in Rotorua. Go to the lakefront in the morning calm and just soak up that ethereal splendour of Ohenemutu, which is that historic village on the lakefront. And you can see all of those vents of steam huffing and puffing away. And the views from Lake Road, looking down on this revered village, are quite theatrical. Across the road, you've also got Kuiro Park, which has all sorts of free-to-enjoy geothermal features, including little foot baths. So you can dip your toes in and give yourself a wee warm-up as you have a walkabout in the morning. <laughs> I can just see you doing that. Thank you. Now the lakefront. Let's go to the lakefront. Yeah, they have been spending megabucks in Rotorua in the last couple of years sexing up their lakefront. And there mm -hmm. are a few other developments still to be finished. But the main attribute to this development is the lakefront boardwalk that is now complete. It is such a stirring addition to the city's arsenal. So it really feels like the city and the lake have locked lips, have really come together at last. That's um, a very picturesque way of putting it. Thank you so much. It's like they're having a big pash. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to, It's not 1988 anymore, Michael. Thank you. They are French kissing. They're, they're, getting, they're getting around. They're getting around. They're hanging out. They're making out. They're, yeah. they're making out on the lake. Love is lame. <laughs> so you've got this beautiful gleaming lake, right? And it's now wrapped with this... Very ornate boardwalk. Lots of amazing artworks have been injected into the whole development and some really nice touches. I love silica terraces. So obviously the pink and whites were the ultimate example of that. But there are some other terraces like at Orake Korako, south of Rotorua, where you can see these silica terraces. And they've used that sort of design to finish off some parts of the boardwalk so that you've got these replica-looking silica terraces cascading down to the water's edge of the lake. I just think that is so cool. Now, obviously, if you think about playgrounds... As you do. Yes. As you do. Yeah. Christchurch probably enjoys the reputation of having the best urban playground in New Zealand, apropos yeah. Margaret Mahi. Mm -hmm. The new colossal playground that's been built at the lakefront as part of this development probably gives it a run for its money. So if you've got your kids in tow on a visit to Rotorua, you've definitely got to take them to the playground. And also government gardens looks 
absolutely resplendent in yes. spring with its blaze of tulips lighting up its little velvety lawns. Yes. And it's just a very calming place to be. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And if you've ever gazed in curiosity at the garden's archway entrance, it resembles a royal crown. Yeah. It's elevated. Yes. And astonishingly, this an ornate structure was purpose-built for the royal visit of Prince George in 1901. He was Victoria's grandson, and of course yeah. he later became uh, King George V. That archway is still there today. They shifted it. It used to be on the main street, yeah. and then they shifted it to government gardens, which kind of works. It does work. Um, so I just, yeah, I think it's the most extraordinary entrance into sort of like a parkland. By the way, if you're wondering when Rotorua Museum yes. is to reopen, that's housed in that you know beautiful Tudor-style bathhouse. The earthquake strengthening is continuing, but it is on track now to be complete in 2025. It's been closed a long time. When it comes to paying uh, attractions, yes. Tapuya has the nighttime tour. This would have to be yeah. an essential experience, I believe. Absolutely. Geysers yeah. by night, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And this is um, a legacy to the COVID age in many respects because the good folk at Tapuya rose to that clarion call from Tourism New Zealand to do something new. And they thought, well, let's try to put together something new. Yeah. Uh, hence, Geysers by night. So you've got this two-hour guided walk leading you all over the valley, which has been theatrically lit so it shows off its finest features under all sorts of fabulous illuminations. I loved getting up close with Waikiki Geyser. I wasn't familiar with this geyser, but ah, yes. back in the day, she was a big girl. <laughs> She's a beauty. She is a beauty. <laughs> uh, she used to be the crown jewel yeah, of yeah. the valley. Um, she's been dormant for the past 50 years, but at her peak, this geyser would gush to a height of a rugby field, 100 metres high. Yeah. Unbelievable way. Eh? So hopefully she will re reawaken again sometime in the future. Yeah, but for now, it's her neighbour, which is Pohutu, yeah. uh, that holds the title as the Southern Hemisphere's largest geyser. Yeah. How did you find Pohutu? Oh, Pohutu lifted my spirits, Andrew. Like a little geyser. <laughs> or a big geyser in this well, case. Very big geyser, yeah. So they timed these nighttime tours to climax with Poor Hutu geyser blowing its top, uh, right. gushing and spewing. Did, did they word it like that too? I think they may have. Yes, yes. yes. Poor okay. Hutu gushed and spewed its bodily fluids 30 metres high. Quite messy. <laughs> it's a compelling experience by day, but with the light show at yeah. night, it just takes uh, the spectacle to a whole nother level. And the Te Arawa guides yes. who lead these torchlight tours at night, they're just fantastic. I had a great guide called Sean who was just like the most commanding local yokel on everything you could possibly imagine you wanted to know. Local yokel? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, his his family, his fucker papa, have been living there for what seven hundred years or so. Oh, okay, yeah. So no, it's, it's, it's the local yoga. Right yeah, I, I get you. He had a bit of history to share, <laughs> and it was just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, after that, you'll be a bit hungry. One would expect. Oh yes. Standout eats in Rotorua are what? Well, I reckon you could stuff yourself stupid from the spree of eateries, particularly on Eat Street. Okay, so the the thing here is a lot of people in New Zealand refer to Rotorua as Rota Vegas. Yeah. And some people say, oh, that's quite disrespectful. Actually, no. There's a sign when you yes. get to Rotorua, yes. welcome to Rota Vegas. Yes. And the inspiration was taken because the main street, the eatery street, is yep. a bit like the one in Las Vegas. It is. So that's how it got its name. It's so 
true. And yeah. a lot of businesses I noticed around town are riffing off that. They yeah. will say, like, Rota Vegas Boxing Gym. Yeah, yeah. Rota Vegas Rentals. Yeah, you know? it's basically, it's a self-identifier. Yeah. So if you, if someone calls it Rota Vegas, don't correct them. Yeah. Because Rota Vegas itself. Yeah, it's an endearing term. Yeah. It is. Um, in Eighth Street, I went to Atticus Finch. and oh, I think very cool. I know. And what I love about this... Uh, very cool eatery, as it is so Rotorua, the outdoor courtyard is geothermally heated. Oh, I love it. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Why would um, it not be? The dishes are designed to be shared, and I would definitely recommend one share plate to order up, crispy mozzarella risotto balls with blue cheese cream. Ooh. Yummy. Now, poco tapas and wine yes. is one of the newcomers on this scene, right? Did you try? Oh, my goodness. I think this is my favourite place in Rota Vegas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, once again, it's uh, all sheer platey, so seasonal cool. tuppers, mm-hmm. very salubrious atmos. Uh, I've never really been a big fan of pate. Really? No. Yeah. But I did try their duck rillette. Well, which you, do, is, you do love duck fat potatoes, so this oh, is a short walk. This is true. Yeah. So your rillette is... Confit duck leg served with cranberry mustard in a crispy baguette. It was really nice. Um, Poco does amazing fried chicken. They add berber spice and saffron lime aioli to oh. it. Really good mix. But, but dish of the night, yes. goat meatballs. Goat meatballs. Oh, my goodness. Now, these were made quite zesty, so they had adabiata, which is like a very spicy sauce. Yeah, yeah. Labne, which is Greek yogurt, which yes. I love. Mm. Of course I do. Of course you do. It's Greek. <laughs> and the salty Italian cheese pecorino, which Ooh. is exceptional. So, yeah, you've got to try the goat meatballs. That is a rock star dish. And now at the southern end of Eat Street, I mean, Eat Street, it's pretty self-explanatory what it is. Yes. At the southern end of Eat Street, yes. a great name for a place, the Pig and Whistle, which was formerly the city. <laughs> and this is what I love. Formerly the city's police station. Why are you laughing? The Pig and Whistle. Yes. Yes. Formerly a police station. Yes. Very funny. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what Rotorua police officers make of it, but it's quite funny, isn't it? It's quite yeah. clever, a bit it, cheeky. It, it, a little bit cheeky. Now, it's a firm favourite too. Yes. Yes. Many devotees claim mm. the Pig and Whistle serves up New Zealand's best pigtail fries. <laughs> For the side of handcuffs. Yeah, exactly. They are very good. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed their lamb salad. And... You've got to lubricate yourself, of I, course. I, I knew we were going to get here very soon. Yes, lubrication, very important. Kiwiana cocktails. They do some amazing Kiwiana cocktails at Pig & Whistle. Try a Kiwi batch. I reckon that tastes like a New Zealand holiday in a glass. What's in it? All sorts of New Zealand flavours. Sand? <laughs> okay, now if you're heading out to the I'm Redwoods. thinking kiwi fruit. <laughs> if you're heading out to the Redwoods, Eastwood Cafe is a huge, huge crowd pleaser. Yes, uh, fuel up. You will need to if you are hitting the trails. Uh, fungi pizza. You I love would pizza. Recommend that. Yeah. You love pizza. Pizza is one of your go tos. It is. Fungi pizza for lunch. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Absolutely yep. nothing. Now, mm. to burn off the intake, what about the MTB, the mountain bike trail? You've actually got over 200 kilometres of trail at your disposal. I checked out the country's latest great ride, the Rewa Rewa Forest Loop. So this was only completed, I think, about six or seven months ago now. You've got 33 kilometres of trail. It is like the finest features of the region, all distilled. So you rip through those uh, tall timbers of the forest with all the tree ferns interspersed. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got those famed pumice soils, like all of the MTB trails in Rotorua. 
And then you've got really cool features like mud pools just bubbling away alongside the track. Uh, lots of ups and downs, runs, flats, berms, hairpins, everything an MTB rider wants. And it really is a fabulous new addition to Rotorua's treasury of really cool rides. I must be getting old. Are we actually calling it MTB now? Yes. So it's not as uncool to say mountain bike? Well, you can. Is it, it's just getting like FML Probably. and yeah. LOL? Lol. MTB. Yes. Accentuating the Atmos is a collection of five magnificent, I'll tell you, I am old, five magnificent Māori art installations, including a piece crafted from a 10-ton rock Mm -hmm. that was thrust into the forest during Tarawira's eruption. eruption. Isn't that amazing? That's, 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 you imagine the force behind a 10-ton rock to send it that far. Well, we were talking about Waimangu before, right? Yeah, right. So Waimangu is about... What would it be? 20 kilometres south yeah. of the Whakarewa Rewa Forest. Yeah, yeah. So to see this rock, this massive rock, now an artwork, you think, my God, that thing was airborne. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, yeah, you've got some fantastic <laughs> installations uh, adorning the track. The other really cool thing is it takes in uh, this new Forest Loop Trail, the Blue Lake and the Green Lake. So you get to see those beautifully sacred lakes. Yes. They're threaded into the circuit. There are food trucks. There are coffee stops, all part of the trail mix. If you're wondering how hard it is, most of it's grade two, so that's doable. Yeah. There are some grade three sections, but definitely, if you have any doubts, make sure you rent an e-bike so you've got that battery assist, um, and mm-hmm. you'll knock off the entire loop I do like a bit of battery assist. Indeed you do. Yeah, we'll knock off the entire loop in under three hours. The other thing is, if you grab a trail map, you can actually just do little bits and bobs of yeah. the entire loop so you can create your own route. You also like a bit of gin assist. But anyway, coming up, we chat to Matt Horder from Pure Cruise, plus we take in some more regional sites. Stay with us. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. From geothermal wonders, hot pools and Māori culture to world-beating mountain biking, historic draws and headline dining, Rotorua is power-packed with adventure. For more trip inspiration and destination insights, head to rotoruanz.com. This is Kiwi Tripsters with Mike and Andrew. Lake Rotorua's neighbouring body of water is the very lovely Lake Rotoiti. And as we mentioned before, it was the first to be discovered and Rotorua the second. It's also home to pure crews who have been plying these languid waters uh, of the lake on a variety of vessels. Joining us from Pure Cruise, Matt Horder. Good to see you, Matt. Thanks very much, Mark. Nice to be here. Now, alongside operating your water shuttles, Pure Cruise has been such a tractor beam for pleasure seekers over the years, sizing up your catamaran. Uh, tell us about the backstory to Pure Cruise. So we started this, me and some friends started Pure Cruise about 13 years ago now. We've lived uh, in and around Lake Rotaiti and the Rotorua Lakes for probably 20 years, 25 years, and um, it just needed my background is in sailing and um, adventure tourism and uh, just needed something, some other way to explore the lakes with with people. Um, and uh, yacht made the only sense to me because I'm an uh, avid sailor. So yeah, we came uh, came up with a small business plan and then um, and then we searched for a yacht and we found one in the Caribbean and we flew over and sailed at home. 
So it took us about four months to sail this boat back across the, down through Panama and then across the Pacific uh, home. She's a 53-foot sailing catamaran. And um, then we then we refitted her in um, Tauranga and then drove her down the road and she's been on Lake Rotiti ever since. I was actually checking out your wonderful book on board the boat uh, about that epic Pacific voyage bringing the cat to New Zealand, but you are about to wave farewell to the catamaran. Yeah, time's changed a little bit. Um, I think there's, there's new challenges afoot and um, different markets for us. Uh, we've really enjoyed the catamaran and we, she's sadly missed. It was a very hard decision for us to actually sell her, but uh, we are we are very excited about a new vessel we've been building for quite some time, and I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point, but but yeah, it's just time for a change and uh, a little bit of change change for the business and the people that are in it too. So just what you have, I think, in the last few years, been a bit tricky for people. But the catamarans, you know, she may still be here, but at the moment she's on the market. You should buy, Mark. You never know your luck. Now <laughs> let's talk about Project Airstream, which is reaching fruition. How was this conceived? A couple of years ago, probably two and a half years ago, we, we decided we needed a second vessel, a slightly smaller vessel, to service different different clients, smaller businesses um, and um, small smaller tour groups cruising through New Zealand, premium uh, groups, because we do mostly uh, private exclusive charters and we tailor everything we do to suit our clients. Uh, so we were looking for a, a smaller vessel to do this. And there's just nothing around. There's nothing special. There's nothing nice to take people out on. So we designed this Airstream, is, which is now called the Airstream Project, completely designed it from the ground up. I created a model that's about a foot long out of timber and clad it in uh, tinfoil to give us some idea of what we were, what we were up to. And it was really based around a 1960s Airstream caravan or trailer that the Americans used to have with lots of exposed aluminium and solid rivets everywhere. Uh, electric drive, so I've joined together with a friend of mine down the road here. and We're building on the side of the lake. He's hacking Nissan Leaf electric motors to drive it. and uh, So that's never been done with um, maritime in New Zealand into survey before. So we're building it to survey spec so we can take people cruising. But there's lots of different facets to the boat that we've cruised through and designed over the over the last two years. So it's it's great. We're very excited. I got a sneak peek at the vessel a couple of weeks ago. It is instantly seductive, Matt. Very shiny, very retro. It seems to have drawn inspiration from a number of vintage themes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. It definitely crossed between a, a Second World War bomber, an Italian speedboat, and an airstream. So the inside of it, as you've seen, is um it looks like the stripped out insides of a World War II bomber. Uh, lots of exposed panels and lightning lightning holes everywhere to make the panels lighter. Solid rivets are amazing, and we've polished up the aluminium all inside, so all of that will remain exposed with plush seating throughout, um, and obviously some pretty cool lighting and things like that, and uh, and things that make it make it comfortable. The windows all roll up into the ceiling, so the whole place will be uh, beautiful in the summer. And the sides drop down. We've created uh, two of the side, both sides actually fold out, and the couches that are in front of them rotate to lock those in place. So you can sit out over the water outside the vessel as we're cruising the shoreline and then leap in if you need. So it's, we've thought about a lot of things, and she really has come from uh, you know over over a decade of experience cruising on the lake with people. Well, it sounds like a, a unique indulgence. Lovely. Now, will you operate scheduled tours, or will it be charter cruises? We will use it 
for our scheduled um, trips. We've got a great scheduled journey out to Rotiti Hot Pools at Manu Pedua at the moment, and that runs most days in the afternoons. We'll use it for that, but we'll also use it for primarily um, private charter, so small business, family groups, lake fun, swimming from and lunches and uh, a couple of wines and things like that. So private charter will be its niche, and that's where it will go. And she'll she'll hold up to 20, 25 people comfortably. And the big question, Matt, when will it be launched? (laughs) Isn't that the million-dollar question? It was supposed to be launched a year ago. We've been on it for nearly two. We've got bookings for it in October. She'll be here in October. I had such a great cruise on the lake over to the hot pools at Manaparua Springs. What is it about the lake that you love the most? Oh, Lake Rotoiti is um, its a gem, really. Uh, it's got so many different secluded bays and coves in its length. Uh, it's got geothermal hot water beaches you can twist your feet into and get, get hot hot streams that come through, obviously, the hot pools where you went, uh, which is boat access only, and it's just a geothermal paradise. Then we've got loads of different sheltered bays and coves to visit, native native corners there's glowworm caves to swim into off the boat and everything about being on the water is just fantastic so uh Rota is pretty much the one-stop shop for for seeing some freshwater lakes and, and enjoying some seclusion with the family or or just as groups look thanks very much for joining us man my pleasure absolutely all the best for the launch and to find out more and lock in a booking head to purecruise.co.nz it will be a big hit this summer stay with us just ahead we talk about those hot pools and also check out okeri falls Welcome back. This is Kiwi Tripsters with Mike and Andrew as we romp around Rotorua. And that new vessel sounds absolutely amazing. Certainly is, Andrew. And Matt also operates Rotowiti Water Shuttles. So they will zip you over uh, to the lakefront splendour of those hot pools at Manaparua Springs. Uh, So this is like a secluded geothermal paradise which you can only access by float plane. Hello, how many people have one? Or boat. (laughs) So no cars, no bikes. Māori and local settlers apparently have been using these springs for bathing since the 1840s. Well, has anyone changed the water yet? Well, it is constantly running. <laughs> of course, you're right. It's Sorry. a free-running source. Very nice. Yes, it's a spring. Um, <laughs> and it's also been, this. I thought this was amazing, it's also been a commercial venture, these hot springs, since 1914. Isn't that so, crazy? 108 years. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. As we say, the birthplace of New Zealand tourism. Yeah, yeah okay, very off the beaten track. Yeah. Um, so you've got eight pools there. So you can um, hopscotch your way around those pools. They've got this very cool slide that you can whiz down into the lake. Splosh Mm. for Mm. a bit of a cool off. Um, They've even got a little hot water beach. Cool snack as well um, from the CAF. Life is good. Life is very good, especially if you've got a float plane. Now, also in the area, what's so good about Okiri Falls Scenic Reserve? This is such a splendid spot for basking in the finery of native forest. It is slashed by the fast-flowing rapids of the Kaituna River, and you've got that sequence of four spectacular falls, including Okiri Falls. Yeah. But the most famous waterfall in this area is probably Tutia because when you take the walking trail through the scenic reserve it takes you to this main lookout platform which they call Hinamoa's Steps. Ah yes. And from there you are looking down at Tutia Falls. It's a seven metre drop these waterfalls and I just 
was slack-jawed in wonder <laughs> watching whitewater rafters yes. and kayakers plummeting over these waterfalls. You weren't tempted to give it a go. Well, I didn't have the testicular fortitude for that. I was more than happy to be riveted by the spectacle of it. Apparently, they are the uh, considered, those falls, the highest commercially used rafting waterfalls in the world. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they are crazy cats who take on this particular cascade. Hmm. Yeah. Now, as the name suggests, Kaituna refers to its traditional importance as a food source, namely eels. Mm. Eels are actually very, very good for you. Uh, and before the first road bridge over the river was built in the 1870s, local Māori operated a ferry across the inlet, connecting travellers from Tauranga to Rotorua. Isn't it amazing? I yeah. know. It's you know, and the thing is, now we, you know, everyone's so proud of their their little projects and think they're, you know, they're doing it first. This was happening long ago. Yeah, very mm. enterprising. I know. Yeah. So after taking in the wondrous waterworks, um, you will definitely want to head to Olkety Falls Store. Now, this isn't just your local corner shop. Oh no, mate! These guys are rock stars of the Rotorua region because they recently won. The Great New Zealand Toasty Takeover. They did indeed. The winning toasty was... Oh my goodness, a mega meal. We yeah. are talking the Get Smoked Pickled and Toasted Toasty. And <laughs> it features... Well, you saw Get Toasted and thought, oh, I'm in for that. <laughs> well, yeah. I saw Get Pickled. I was, up, I was up for a bit of that too. Yeah. Um, but this mega meal toasty has yeah. in it house-smoked beer brined brisket... Pickles? Beer brined brisket. That's I know. A, yeah, good on them. Uh, hop salted mozzarella. They're big into their mozzarella in Rotorua. They I've seem noticed. to be. Yeah. Uh, smoked cheddar, horseradish, and watercress, and it's all entombed in sourdough. And not to leave it at that, you also get this little dipping bowl with a pickle, brine, sour cream, and beer gravy. It is just a feast. So smoked beer, brined brisket, and beer gravy. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. How very Kiwi. Yeah, very. Uh, what a mm. feast. Now, for a complete change of scenery, head to the northern side of Lake Rotorua and the enticing beauty of the Hamurana Springs. This is another nature reserve, steeped in history, very, very much revered by Māori, uh, and they've got this magical walk threading through the reserve, which actually takes you into a very stately grove of more redwood trees. So it's not just the redwoods forest uh, where you can see these tall timbers, but also at Hamarana Springs, century-old redwood trees. They flank the Hamarana stream, and that stream is otherworldly. Its colours are just unreal. So it's very crystal clear water, hmm. but the hues that come from that stream um, are just bewitching. We're talking emerald, we're talking turquoise. It's just really, really cool. Now, the climax or grand finale of that walk is the lookout platform, right? This is gazing down on the deepest natural fresh water spring in the North Island. To right, Tapuna Ahangarua. Now, the water for the springs in the stream actually originates from the Mamaku plateaus if you were heading towards Tauranga. Yeah. And apparently it takes about 70 years for the water to make its way through the underground aquifers before resurfacing at the spring. But 70 years? I know. It's really? a long journey. Yeah. <laughs> but from here, yeah. I think this is just like the circle of life. I love how it then flows into lakes Rotorua and Rotuiti, then plunges down the old kitty falls in the Kaituna River that we've just been talking about and makes its way to Makatu. 
to empty into the Pacific Ocean. And of course, Makatu is where Te Arawa, uh, arrived on their waka into New Zealand 700 years ago. It's just like the full story, isn't it? Absolutely. What a journey. It is. It <laughs> yeah. is. So you can see why this water, this awa, is so, so sacred in the eyes of Te Arawa people. Absolutely. Also reminds me of that question, though, when you see, you know, you, you go to a supermarket and you see um, spring water that's been surging for decades and hundreds of years through rocks and aquifers, and yep. it's got an expiry date of a month. You think, how, how can that be? <laughs> anyway, and you will have a fantastic time in Rotorua. So yes. it, it is, it's a place to go. You can feel the power and you can feel the history. Yeah, totally. A- absolutely. Um, a very distinctive place in New Zealand. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's it for this edition. We hope you enjoyed our insights. Be sure to like our Facebook page. And, and our show notes, as per usual, are available on the website, kiwitripsters.co.nz. Whether you think we are <laughs> the world's best podcasters. That's what we're going for. Or if you think you've just been listening to the biggest lot of gobshite ever. <laughs> That's probably what we've got. We'd love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters. On the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, by the way, our feature articles on roaming Rotorua are yeah. available on fortheloveoftravel.nz. That is fortheloveoftravel.nz. And we hope to catch you again very soon for a spring fling with the Bay of Plenty. Oh, I do like plenty. You do indeed. All right. Take care. Uru. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.